All right, before we get started this week, we want to let you know that we have acquired a sponsor. What? Yeah. This is very legitimizing. Mm-hmm. You know, even back in the days of playing T-ball, I remember looking out at the fences, because I was aiming for the fences, baby, and I would see billboards back there of local businesses. I was like, I have made it as a T-ball player because there are businesses who have placards in the back of, I don't think you can call it a stadium. <laughs> Field. Field. It was a field with a fence. And and I knew I had arrived. So this is in like- the majors. This is like T-ball? We're in the majors of podcasting now that we have a sponsor. And it's not just any sponsor, people. This sponsor is Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. You can try it out for free without even entering your credit card information. And once you're convinced that the site is great, and let me tell you, you will be- Make sure you get 10% off by using offer code R&L. Thanks to squarespace.com. Remember, it's offer code R-A-N-D-L. It's like Randall if you didn't know how to spell it correctly. I, I've always spelled Randall that way, so I don't know what the problem is. I'm sorry, Randall's out there. Now it's time for an Ear Biscuit. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. It's time to continue our conversation with Shay Carl, the premier family vlogger on the internet. Last week we talked about uh, what it was like growing up Mormon, and now we're moving on to what it's like to be a guy who puts his family out there for five years every single day on YouTube. Approaching five years. Yeah, we discussed the origin of his YouTube channels. The toll that five years of daily vlogs has taken on him. Is Shay burning out? Is he ready to quit? Hmm. How does it impact his family? And also, what is it like to go from a guy who didn't even know what AIM Instant Messenger was to becoming the de facto spokesperson for Maker Studios whenever controversy hits? Yeah, I mean, we get into some good stuff. I appreciate the candid nature of what he has to say about all of that. Um, it, it's very fascinating. Like I said, that's why we have a part two. We didn't want to uh, truncate any of that conversation, so we think you will enjoy it. Um, there's an interesting dynamic in having your family on the internet at all. I think uh, we can kind of give our perspective because we, you know, we're family men, right? We both yeah. have wives and kids. Why, why don't we start our own little uh, Shaytard channels where, where we do that. You want to? Um, you want to move into the same house? No. You know, we talked about doing that. You remember this. When we, when yeah. we were moving out to-, to Housing uh, is expensive out here. Yeah, the, our mortgages, our rent out here was so much higher than our mortgages back in North Carolina that we were like, well, maybe we should just get a big house together. I mean, there was serious talk about this, but then we were like, you know what? We would kill each other. Yeah. You know, our kids would probably kill each other. But if we were filming it, we could probably monetize it. Yeah, so now I'm rethinking it. Um, I think the main factor, you know, if you've been a, a viewer of our videos for any length of time, the, the once you find out that we're, you know, we have wives and we have kids, we see the question a lot, whoa, what are the wives like? Why aren't you, we want to see your wives. That's the question we get a lot, especially like on the Rentland community, that type of thing. Well, um, Christy, my wife, and Jesse, Rhett's wife, I've, we have just not been as open to being on camera. You know, no, and, they haven't, was what you're saying. I yeah, mean, I said Christy and Jesse have yeah, not yeah. been open to being on camera. Right. And it's not the type of thing that we want to push. It's, we're not vloggers in the first place. So it's not like, 
we share every moment of our life and then we're trying to cut around our wives who don't want to be on camera. That's just not who we are. We're not vloggers and, you know, our wives don't want to be vloggers. You well, know? and I think, uh, I think a, a really, uh, uh, one of the most important aspects of why Shay is able to do it and do it so well is that, and he talks about this, is that he's able to kind of put himself in that mood that you need to be in in order to do a vlog. Mm-hmm. And, and not that we aren't necessarily, but a lot of people don't realize just like when it comes down to just the the business operations of running a production company that makes internet videos, we're pretty serious people. And it's like, it isn't the kind of thing where you're going to like constantly want to see a camera on us like sitting there like, thinking about that, even though he kind of talks about that it's not really that much footage in a, any given day. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we're just like, this would be, you know, what you're going to see is you're going to see me yelling at my kids, <laughs> <laughs> telling them to like clean their Legos up. I, I, you know, not saying that he doesn't have all the same issues, but it, it just, it's never struck me as the kind of thing that would be, okay, yeah, this is going to be great content. But I do think that it's most, the, the main factor has been that, you know, our wives don't want to be on camera, and we and, respect that. And, and we know that the internet can be a cruel place in terms of commenting and things like oh, yeah. that. And, you know, I don't, I'm not, you know, jumping at the chance to put my wife out there in front of the scrutiny of the internet if that's not, if she doesn't want to be an entertainer, and you we, know? And we know just as, one of the aspects of being a duo is constant comparison. Yeah, so we know true. we know exactly what, all of you think about Link compared to me and me compared to Link. Physically, emotionally, we've heard yeah. every single comparison that could be made about us. Right. And over, you know, seven or eight years of doing this full time, we, we've developed thick skins. It's, I, I can take pretty much anything. But I don't want my wife to be subjected to that because it isn't like, you know, Katie Lett is being compared to another wife every single, every single day and every single vlog. But that's what the internet would do if all of a sudden, if we put our wives out there. Yeah. It just would not be a, a wise thing. Now, our kids, totally different situation. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, but we have put our kids in things because, They're cute. well, why? <laughs> you know, they get views. Because they ha- they've had fun with, I think from a young age, I mean, we don't put them in a lot of our videos, but just kind of to sneak them in here or there seemed to be something that we were comfortable doing. I mean, Lando, by the time you get around to the fifth kid between our two families, you know, we are doing a vlog because yeah. we, we were actually doing daily vlogs at the time. We were trying that. I think it was daily. And we you, so we have a vlog of you coming in and visiting Lando and like when he was one day old type of thing. That's really an exception. But around that same time, we did that. Um, we used our kids as weights, a very much inspired by Shay Carl type of thing to do mm-hmm. where we used our, our kids as weights. Um, and they had a lot of fun with that. I mean, they, they like being a part of it. I mean, they make little cameos. Uh, and when, when I like, you know, when we did the, the Arby's, commercial and 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 Shepard got to be in it like Locke was disappointed that he didn't get to be in it right uh you know and then we'll use Locke for something else and Shepard will be upset that he doesn't so and, and then your kids the same, yeah. same deal so they they want to be a part of it and they would probably be a part of it more if we let them have their way but we we kind of try to keep tabs on it a little bit and Lily made a cameo in the uh get off the phone video she and did. and then Lincoln was he said he wanted to be in it or he said if I was in it I would have done better and she did. He told me that. That is awesome. <laughs> At the dinner table. He's like vying for, it's like, well, you, you all can't be in everything. What did he say he would have done differently? He, well, I, he didn't go that far. 
He didn't give any details. I, I didn't question him further. He didn't further. critique her performance. Yeah, I mean, she was right there. But, you know, the complete opposite of, of that mentality has been what Shay has done with his family. And, you know, we're, we're not making any judgments about it. I think it's absolutely fascinating that he, he has made the decision, uh, and we get into talking about this, and, like, how does he deal with his wife, and how does he deal with the fact that what if his kids don't want to do this one day? Because mm-hmm. he has made the decision to put his life and his wife and his kids out there uh, and he's the, he is the premier family vlogger. The, there's millions of people out there who have decided that they are going to tune in. They are going to watch them live their lives, and that's what every his life has become. Day, yeah, for for approaching five years, and it's fascinating. The conversation is fascinating, and uh, let's get right into this biscuit. Now we want to talk about. Um, uh, I mean, you've got the the whole transition story from uh, not when you transition from a woman to a man, but <laughs> <laughs> that's when I wasn't Mormon. Uh, the transitioning from you know being a DJ uh, into YouTube, and I think you know people can can hear you tell that story in a couple of different places. So we don't necessarily have to go mm-hmm. go into that, but we know that there was a number of jobs, and then kind of getting into the the YouTube thing. And I, I think that one thing we like to talk about is in the transition from being one of those early YouTube guys with a channel that was popular and then transitioning into sort of being the first family right of YouTube so let's let's get into that yeah I've I've heard us referred to as and this isn't a term that I made up but uh, we've been referred to as the first family of YouTube which I thought Nalts kind of was you know like you guys remember Nalts sure yes yeah. like he had four kids and um, Naltz is still a really good friend of mine, but yeah, I mean, when I found YouTube, it was at a point in my life where, you know, we had just had our third kid and I was 27 years old and I just hated what I was doing for a living. Like I just, I always believed that I could love what I did, you know, like growing up, I was always, you know, I skied and I wanted to be a professional skier, you know, when I was growing up, cause I just wanted to do something that I loved. Cause I figure, you know, 80% of your life is your job. And if you hate your job, then you hate your life. Mm. You know, so I got a computer and got online and found Philip DeFranco and just, you know, at first I was, cause back then you didn't start a YouTube channel to make money. I think now people are like, Oh, I want to start a YouTube channel so I can like become rich and a famous YouTuber as an occupation. Yeah. You know, like that's a job now, but back then it was like, Oh, I just, I was addicted to the conversation. In fact, the, probably the only video that I've ever deleted is my very first YouTube video on my Shay Carl channel. And so the very first thing I, I got on, I was like, I, there was this, I, I think I looked up, have you guys ever seen this video? It's about uh, this black preacher like pones these two Mormon missionaries. And like, I had just, you know, I was like, oh. Like, in what way? You mean? It was it? like in a Bible, it was like a Bible bash situation. Like they were in like a Denny's parking lot and these two missionaries came up to talk to this guy and this guy, they had a camera roll and he's like, oh, look at these two guys. Look at these two guys. And these two missionaries walk up and they're, you could tell they're just two greeny missionaries. They're like two 19 year old kids that have no idea what they're doing or where they're at. And this guy is like this, you know, preacher from the South who knows the Bible really good. And he just like, well, what about this? What about this? And these two kids are like, uh, uh, uh. 
uh, and it's like, I was just like rolling my eyes like, oh no. And so there was this guy who uploaded that video called Utah Night. He's like this uh, ex-Mormon who was like super anti-Mormon. And so, uh, you know how religious debates happen on the internet. So I started like, well, these, these poor kids, they don't even know what hit him. And he's like, yeah, cause they're not, they don't have the truth. And we started like kind of getting in this like comment battle back and forth. And I'm like, I'm like, let's meet, let's meet and talk about this. Cause I figured he lived in Utah. So I made a video cause it was funny how at the time, because you got to know people just in the chat of the YouTube video. It was so small at the time that there was like 10 people for like a week that were commenting back and forth on this video where it's like, you got to know these people. It was like a chat room. Exactly, in the YouTube comments. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I would come back to that video every day to see what the newest thing they said was. And then I would type something and then he would type something. It was like a week long conversation in the comment section of a YouTube video. And you wanted to IRL it. Yeah, I was like, let's meet, let's have a, cause it it got to like where like teams, there's like, you know, sides of like I agree with Shay and I agree with this other guy and so it was like I was like <laughs> it was like my first YouTube meetup I made a video because everybody like knew my channel that's how I got like my first 15 or 20 subscribers is from this like big debate in the comment section of this okay. video and so I made a video and I'm like hey I'm like hey Utah and I we've been talking for the last week and a half I'm like let's meet I'll meet you halfway I live in Idaho you live in Utah let's meet at the border and have lunch and talk about this and then of course he wouldn't agree to do it he's like no I'm not going to meet with you and blah 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 and I uploaded that video. That was probably my very first YouTube video. And then I found out like there's all this other stuff on YouTube. I, you know, I started like searching around and then I uploaded like uh, my sec- ne- next two videos or me and my brother singing uh, with helium balloons to- at my mom's 50th birthday. And then I uploaded a video of me doing backflip on skis. Just like anything I had, I uploaded. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to be known as the guy who's like fighting with this guy about religion. So mm-hmm. I deleted that video. And I think... I'm pretty sure that's the only video I've ever deleted off of any of my channels is that very first video. So you were married with three kids Mm -hmm. at At the the time time, and you were working day job with what? I just had started my own granite countertop business. I I had done granite countertops for like three years and I had just started my own business. But YouTube was kind of your outlet. I mean, mean, it seems everyone else who was doing that was younger right yeah so i was other than nalt and like zipster i was probably one of the older guys that was getting on youtube at the time and it wasn't i never because like to be an entertainer like that was always my personality but that was never like a viable career like to be an actor or an entertainer like that was always like uh that's not realistic you know so i was good with people i could talk to anybody so in my mind i was always going to be a salesman you know all those tests they give you in school like fill out this personality thing and it'll tell you what you're going to be when you grow Mm -hmm. up so me it was always like i would be in marketing or sales because like it was good with people i was creative and so that's what i was going to do and I loved, you know, businesses. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. That's why I started my own business because, like, at least I want to work for myself. You know, I always had an entrepreneur spirit. So I was like, at least I know I'm not going to do countertops forever, but at least I want to be doing it under my own terms. But so I the started video, that. okay, but you were making videos in your in your spare time, yeah. which with three kids, I don't know how you had any, but whatever. Right. And but you were still engaging in all of this YouTube right shenanigans. Well, see, when I you were creating videos of doing acrobatics yeah. and 
I, see, because it was perfect timing because I was working at a granite shop right before I started my own granite business and I was working 50, 60 hours a week. So I never would have had time, but I had just started my own business. And so I could do one job a week and have a lot of extra spare time. So I remember the day where it's like my wife came in and she's like, you need to go finish that job. But I'm like, I got to make a YouTube video. Like I was more interested in making a YouTube video than going to finish this $10,000 granite job that I was contracted to do. Uh, up on like the rich part of town, you know. So it was like, and what did she say to that? She's like, I don't care, honey. The bills, you know. That's what it was. It was like our mortgage is coming up, and it was a scary proposition for her to own our own business because mm-hmm. before then, you know, I had a steady job with a paycheck, and she was nervous about like, well, how are we going to pay the bills if you know you're on YouTube? And so then the second I found out I could get paid on YouTube, it was like I could be part of this community and a part of this discussion because that's what I was addicted to. Is just like. I was talking to people from all around the world, you know. But, but you weren't you were making you weren't necessarily making vlogs. You were no, making I was just making like rants, like just like whatever videos I could think of. And I had no idea you could make money. And it was just like, what funny idea could I make? And that's when I found Philip DeFranco and I I was like, this kid has like his own show. Mm-hmm. That's why I was so shocked. I was like, is this like, is there a network behind it? Because he had this like little intro with some music and he had this little phone. He had this little, the Philip DeFranco show. And I was like, it seems like a TV show on the internet, Mm -hmm. but it seems like he's just doing it by himself. And there's, I think he had 60,000 subscribers at the time. And I was like, that's more people than live in my town. And this, he seemed like a kid. I think he was like 20, 21 years old at the time. That's a lot of countertops. That's a lot of countertops to be doing. And so I was like, I can talk like that. Like I watched his show and I'm like, I can do that. I can, you know, say funny things. And, you know, and so he had this, he uploaded this video, like I'd watched like two or three of his videos. And then like the next day he uploaded this video titled, this video titled how to get a popular online show or series. And I was like, yeah, how that's what I want to do. I want to do that. And he had a contest that said, submit a video as a video response. And I'm going to pick the top five that I like, and I'm going to promote you on my website. And I was like, Oh dude, this is great. So, uh, at the time, I was just getting into being a radio DJ, and at the at the night DJ, he gave me this segment called the Rant of Shay, where I could call in and just rant about something. So I I came up with this rant about hand sanitizer that I called the He Man germ. It's like you know how you know hand sanitizer says it kills ninety nine point nine nine percent of the germs. What about that point oh oh one percent? That's the one germ I want dead because obviously he's the strongest germ. If I kill all the other germs and he's still left, he's the germ I want dead because he's the one that survived the germ. Apocalypse with the hand sanitizer. <laughs> so I do this big rant about that and submit it to Phil's video, and he liked it. And so he put us on his website. There was five of us, and it was like there was a week for people to come watch those videos and vote on who they liked the best. Would we know any of the other five? I, at the time, no. I think they've all faded away. I don't, Losers. Yeah. Okay. They weren't committed. So they but voted. I, I think I got second or third, Ooh. and everybody voted on the website. I think because I think the guy who won had a thousand subscribers. And I had zero, you know, it was like, I was just on the website. So I was kind of a nobody, but this other person had like a thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. And so he won, but I remember later, I don't know if this is true or not. I talked to Phil and Lindsay and they're like, we wanted you to win. We wanted you to win because it was like a, a poll where I would check every day. I'm like, Oh, I'm in second place. I'm in second place. <laughs> and I, so I, I, I didn't win. But then, um, you know, later Phil's like, okay, he's like, I'm going to promote you. So 
he, I think he sent me a message or something on YouTube. It said, Hey, get on aim so we can talk. And I'm like, what's aim? Like I had no idea. <laughs> Cause I had just got this computer. Like I had, I had never taken a typing class, a computer class or anything. So I remember Googling aim. I'm like, Oh, it's like a chat thing. So we got on aim. And we started talking. He's like, Hey, I'm gonna give you a shout out. You said you should uh, submit a partner application to the partner program. I was like, okay, okay. So then he, I remember the vlog. Cause I think it happened like two or three vlogs after he told me it was going to, or his videos or his show. And, uh, every day he would upload a video. I'm like, Oh, is this it? Is this it? And it was. And then finally he promoted me in one of his YouTube videos. Cause before that it was just on his website. And then all of a sudden it was like, I got 3000 subscribers in a day. And mm-hmm. it was like, I just spent all day refreshing YouTube, just like refresh 20 more refresh five more. And it was like, this is amazing. And then I remember getting my first check from Google AdSense for 300 bucks. And I was like, that's, I'm like, honey, look, I just paid for groceries doing this YouTube thing. So did you start doing rants because that's what worked or? That's just, I mean, that's what I was kind of doing on that night show on the radio show. Cause I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. So I would just try to think of like funny scenarios. And, and then I did a thing where I was dancing in my wife's unitard and just whatever I could think of. I, one of my early videos is me trying to put a, this five gallon water jug on the water container blindfolded and it just like falls on the floor. And I, you know, I, I hammed it up. Like I fell down and there's just five gallons of water all over our kitchen floor, which I knew was going to happen. Cause I thought, I'm not going to just try to beat my wife and get it perfectly because I thought that's not entertaining. Right. But if I drop this five gallons of water all over our kitchen, people are going to be like, holy crap. I yeah. remember all of these videos because right. w- we montaged them together for the music video mm-hmm. we made for you when you Dude, won Super Note. Still one of my favorite songs. <laughs> I love that song. But yeah, you, you had a lot of material that was montageable. Right. Oh, he's getting on his roof and he's yeah. jumping onto a trampoline <laughs> in his backyard. And he has children on it. Yep, yep, yep. That's perfect. <laughs> and he's wearing a unitard. A yes. unitard. Yeah, this big fat guy from Idaho. And I think, I mean, that was the interesting thing is that a lot of people saw the mismatch of how big and fat and bearded I was and then how like cute and petite my wife was. And it was like, I a lot of people- And I, you were very athletic. Yeah, and that's what was also weird. It's like this 300 pound dude is like jumping on- his roof like a, a ninja you know like how was he able to do that because I was always so athletic in school and stuff but I had just gained all this weight and I think people really thought that we were like a scripted show like we were the real life king of queens and so people thought it was fake they thought like you guys this is like like Lonely Girl kind of because that's like right after Lonely Girl had coming out that mm-hmm. she was fake so I think a lot of people thought that our family was fake like it was a script like why would this girl ever marry this guy you know and so I think that helped us actually at the first well let me skip ahead and ask about that and then we can go back but I you know when you decided to start losing weight you created a Shea Loss channel yeah. this is many years later once you were you know very well established mm-hmm. um, well actually I think it took sh- a year it's not like you, you didn't you didn't start losing weight within that first year. No, but I guess my I question, failed a bunch. Yeah, but when you actually did start losing weight, um, was there a calculated decision, or was there a moment of pause that this is going to mess with my brand? You know, the thing that you were talking about that oh, you got right. this this big guy who's funny with the big beard and the little wife. Well, you don't want the little guy and the little right. wife, you know, kind of thing. So. I learned that the hard way. I, I never thought about that. I never thought that, oh, I'm the big, fat, loud, obnoxious guy. I can't lose weight or I lose my branding. I never thought about that. I just thought, I want to lose weight. I've been saying I'm going to lose weight for a long time. 
and I was finally doing it. And then I learned I lost a lot of my audience because of it. I used to sell, when I sold shirts, I would sell a majority two, three, and four X mm-hmm. shirts. Like I would sell, if I, if I put some shirts online, I would sell a hundred triple X shirts, you know, 52 X and like maybe no smalls, maybe a few. So a majority of my audience were bigger. And when I started losing How weight, how much weight did you lose? Uh, at one point I'd lost like the highest that, I mean, at now like I'm like 190 now I've packed on a few pounds of muscle, but I was 281 and I got down to like 165 when I ran the Nashville marathon. So like 115 pounds total. Wow. And yeah. what did you see in terms of sales and what were the conclusions? It was it, 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 like views definitely went down. It was, I, instead of being the fat, funny guy, I was the skinny douchebag. Like I always would get that, like, oh, you're so full of yourself now, Shay. And I was, it was like really hard for me for a while because it was like, what? Like I, I just wanted to do this for my health. Like I wanted to be able to be there for my kids and be able to play with my kids. And now it's like I'm looked on as like this douchebag who just thinks he's so better than everybody else because he lost weight. And I'm like, no, I just, I want to be healthy, you know? And I think what it was, and I've kind of, and I don't know if this is 100% true, but I definitely think that for some people it is true, is that they saw this kind of big fat slob of a guy with this beautiful wife and beautiful children and kind of like what appeared to be this perfect life where it didn't seem like I had to try at all. It was like, I just, I'm the fun party animal, can do whatever he wants and still have this perfect life with a great wife and good children. But really it takes a lot of work to have that, you know, and it takes a lot of sacrifice and dedication. And when people saw that, it wasn't as easy. It wasn't like this, you know, like mm-hmm. movie kind of script. It was like, they saw the struggle and I was like, I don't know why. I, I think people weren't rooting for me anymore or something. I don't know. But, you know, I, I don't make any decisions based on what my audience thinks. You know, I, I just do things that, you know, I think are best for me and my life and the health of me and my family. And, uh, you know, that's what the vlogs are. Like we are who we are in the vlogs. I mean, anybody who knows me from YouTube and has hung out with me in real life, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with this, but I am the same guy as I am on the YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. I'm just living my life and filming it every day, you know? So it's not like I'm making these calculated decisions that will help my career. Cause I would love to just make, I mean, sometimes I have this fantasy of like logging off the internet and never getting on again. Like mm-hmm. seriously, like it sounds so appealing to me to go to the mountains of Idaho, build a cabin and just never get on the internet again. Like to me, that's like, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Cause there, you know, obviously there was a, a time and maybe it was just very natural at first to be like, well, I'm going to include my family in this because they're here and I want, I want to be with them. That's what it was. It was just like, this is great. Like my family can be my job because I get accused a lot of like, you know, exploiting, yeah, exploiting my children. Like I'm not putting my kids in the video so that my views are better. I just want to be around my kids. And if I'm doing a video every day where I can make money hanging out with my kids, like that's a freaking dream come true. You know, like me and Colette, we'll be driving in the car and I'll be like, honey, like what if I told you five years ago that I'm going to have a job where we get paid more money than we've ever gotten paid ever. And we get to be together as a family all the time. And all we have to do is film. We have to have a camera out for 20 minutes a day and then edit and upload it every day. Like that would be amazing. Like we think about telling ourselves that five years ago and it'd be like, I wouldn't believe myself. No way. 
And that's the reality of our life. And so it, it was a way to make money so that I could be with my family. And so it's like I say about this, you know, like for instance, Maker Studios, when we moved out here four years ago and started Maker Studios, if Maker Studios sold for a bunch of money and I made a lot of cash off the shares that I have of Maker Studios, to me, it's very tempting to just like disappear off the internet. And just like, cause I'm not on the internet to get famous. I'm on the internet to provide for my family while I'm with my family. Cause that's the most important thing to me is just being with my family. And if I sold makers, if maker studios sold and I made a bunch of money, I don't know. I, I say that I would like to disappear and never get on the internet, but I think I would miss it, you know, but I definitely would scale back and I wouldn't share as much as we share. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about that more, but to take one step back, I think that it seems to me that the whole daily vlog thing and that becoming your mainstay and, and source of income and what it is was kind of an accident. It was a second oh, channel. totally, totally. I mean, how did that happen? Because Shay Carl, the, the first channel, it was, was more sketch-based. Yeah, yeah. You would include your kids in that. But when was the decision to start doing uh, daily vlogs? So when I turned 29 years old... I had been on YouTube for about a year. I had built up my Shea Carl audience. Uh, I think I had like 40,000 subscribers. And it was always like coming up with skits and ideas. And I was like, oh man, I'm 29. Like, this is the last year of my 20s. You know, what am I going to do? I wanted, I, I wanted to do something that was like monumental. Like something that's like, if I did this, that would be crazy. Something like a goal that I could set that would be like so hard to do. But if I just totally committed to it, I could do it. And I thought... What if I made a video every single day for the last year of my twenties? Like, did document. I just say that out loud? Yeah, did I just say that out loud? And did so, I just say that where Charles Trippy could hear me and then say <laughs> you have to do it? Because I thought that's what happened. I thought you guys said, "Well, I'll do it if you do it." Oh no, no! Like I okay. started it, and then like a month and a half later, he started it. He's oh, like, so he "Hey, copied you?" Well, I mean, <laughs> I copied Anne Frank. You know, she she wrote in her diary every day. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I know I, you guys I, are great friends. Yeah, I mean, me and Charles are like he's probably like my best friend from the internet. So yeah, like. Uh, I just actually sent a letter to the Guinness Book of World Records telling them that I have missed days and that he is the longest consecutive vlogger. Even though I started a month and a half before Charles, I've missed days in the last five years, and he has not. He has not missed one day. <laughs> so five years. In almost, I mean, coming up, this March will be my five-year mark, and so I think he started in May. I think he started May 1st. So he started like a month and a half after me. So I had to write a letter to whom it may concern at the Guinness Book of World Record Company. Because they recognized you? Yeah, they said, well, what about this? Uh, everybody is claiming that Shay Carl has vlogged longer than you, but I haven't vlogged longer consecutively. I may right. have started before him, but I've missed days. How many days, days have you missed? Um, over the last, I don't, I, last five years, maybe 10 or 12 days, maybe. And, and I don't like to admit that. As a daily vlogger, I don't like to what, admit that. And what has determined that? It's like, you know, where we had been like traveling and it's late and I couldn't get the internet. And it was like, you know, the kids are cranky and I'm like, honey, I got to upload this video. And she's like stressed. And I was like, I got to find the internet because there's this streak. And, she, and finally it's like, okay, screw it. Like my family is more important than getting this video up. You know, like my kids are miserable. My wife's hungry. Like I can't you know, make them wait at the Starbucks in some random town because I have to upload the vlog. Now, when you, know? you miss that first day, though, is there this, is there this party that's like, you know what, this is it. I, I almost quit the vlogs a couple yeah. times because it's like, man, I've missed, I, I think there was one day where I missed two days in a row and I was like, you know what, it's over. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not going to upload videos. Like, I'm not going to do daily videos anymore. But then I was like, no, I got to keep going. Um, but I haven't missed a day. I haven't missed a day for like the last year and a half. Like, I've been very consistent over the last year and a half. I haven't missed any days. 
And this so, is still something that you are doing yourself. Yeah, I edit, shoot, everything. I uh, Yeah, that's full-time. So on one I hand... I did have editors, though. Like, there was about a year and a half where I had Brett the Intern and Denise Vlogs edit my videos for me. And then you, me. you went back... Yeah, it was it was like it didn't do as well. When I had editors, it lost some of the personal feel and I just I missed doing it and I missed adding in little things like they would edit and upload the video and I'd go watch it. And I'd be like, oh, why'd you cut this part out? And I, I remember having conversations uh, with Denise one day. I was filming Suntard at school and they were doing a play and she edited the video so that the play worked with the storyline. But there was a moment in the play where the kid like forgot his line and Gavin like whispered the line, Gavin Suntard. Uh, I don't care. You can leave that in. Uh, Gavin whispers the line to the kid and then he's like, oh, so then he tells the line. So Denise edited it so it looked good in the play. But I'm like, no, I want the part in where he whispers the line. That's so cute. And she's like, oh, I right. thought you'd want the play to flow. I'm like, no, I don't care about the play. I want to see <laughs> him whispering the line. You know. So there's little moments like like that. Like it wasn't her fault or anything, but just like little things. Yeah, it's like, oh, I wish you would have put that in. And so then I was like, I'm just gonna do it myself because there's more of a personal feel. And so I I just you know I, I like doing it better like that. And I mean, views have done better. Since I took over, incrementally, views have gone up. That uh, intangible. Or, or oh, actually, yeah. it is intangible. I mean, yeah, I can look at Google Analytics for the last 12 months. Every single month, the last 12 months, Shaytard's views have increased. Where last month, we had 22 million monthly views, and that's maybe the fourth highest viewed month in our entire history. Well, hmm. having, a, having another baby yeah, doesn't hurt. Yeah, that helps. So, on one hand, you're saying... You know, I wouldn't trade this occupation for the world. I get to be with my family right. and make this my living. On the other hand, you're saying, I'm really starting to think if I had the opportunity or I'm actually maybe even looking for the opportunity to to stop cold turkey or to get out of it entirely. So um, – I'm interested here's, in that dynamic. Um, I think here's what it is. I think I'm a little bit burned out, to be honest. Like, I think after five years, I need a break. And I think if I had a month vacation where I could go just wherever away from the internet, because I have been on my phone, on the internet every single day for the last six years. If I had a month where I went, me and Colette talked about this the other day, that coming March will be my five-year anniversary. And then on spring break, whenever that is for the kids get out of school, we're going to go for a week vacation, a real vacation where it's not like a YouTube gathering or like a brand deal or something where I'm going for work, where I'm going to, we're going to go on a real vacation where I leave on purpose my phone on my dresser at home. And then I get an airplane without my laptop and without my phone. Like that, that freaks me out to think about that. But at the same time, it sounds like pure bliss. Mm -hmm. It's like, I am just not going to be on the internet at all for a week. Well, that's talking one week. That's different. But than... yeah, I feel like if I had a month and it just kind of like got away from it, I feel like I would want to come back. Cause I do, I love it. I love making videos. I love seeing the interaction. I just at a point right now where it's been every day for five years. I'm like, I just need a break. And I, so I think when I say like, I would love to disappear into the wilderness of Idaho and never get on the internet again. I think that's just, I just need a, a break. So I think after I, after this five years, I'm definitely going to stop the dailies after this five years, and I'm going to focus more on doing Shea Carl videos. And we'll still vlog probably four days a week, but I'm I'm going to you know not have that strict of a schedule where it's like – and on Sundays, that's after March 5th, after we hit that five years, I am not even – that's my goal is I'm not going to get on the internet at all on Sundays. 
Because I still upload a one-take video on Sundays where mm. I just film a one clip and I don't right. edit it and I just upload it. But I'm still on Twitter and I'm still reading and I'm still in the comments because I can't upload a video without reading comments. Like I'm, I'm always reading comments. So that's going to be the new rule after the five-year mark. After I get that you know, five years of daily vlogging under my belt, Sundays, that's my new rule for life. I'm not getting on the internet at all on Sundays. Now, are you fearful of that, of that moment? No, I'm excited about it. But then my, my family questions me like, yeah, right, Shay. Like, you, you won't be able to do that. Like, I tell my brother, like, I'm going to go on this month vacation, not get on the internet. And he's like, he says he doesn't believe me. Thinks, he's like, you're not going to get on Twitter. You're not going to Instagram anything. You're not going to read comments. I tell myself that I'm not. I don't know. I'm excited. It's like, it's like a new part of me that I haven't experienced in the last six years, not doing a daily vlog. Mm-hmm. You know? well, yeah, talk about the toll, the challenges for you and your wife and your relationship and your family, then the ch- just what kind of toll does that take on you as an individual and as a well as a family? It's interesting because I mean the vlog is a huge priority in our family. I said when I come home tonight from the podcast, if this house is spotless, then I'll take you guys all out to a movie and get a treat tomorrow. So tomorrow, I know what will happen is it'll be like, Dad, is it time to go to the movie? I'm like, they'll come to me and they won't say, Dad, is it time to go to the movie? They'll come to me and they'll say, Dad, is the vlog up yet? Because it's like they know I can't do anything till the vlog's up. So it's not like, you know, also there's like, I feel like a big commitment to a lot of people. Like a lot of people who watch our videos, they really rely on them. So I feel like this huge commitment to these people who've supported us for so long over the years, watched all of these videos, bought our merchandise, supported anything we've done. It's like, I have a huge commitment to them, you know? So it's like, first and foremost is my family, but then it's like the Shaytards are a family. You know, all these people who watch our videos, we're kind of like a proxy parent for a lot so of these kids. A, there's a pressure. Oh that. yeah, it's a huge pressure. Because but what like, kind of toll does that take on your relationship? I mean, I, I imagine you edit out the, the arguments. Right, yeah. Well, like, uh, this is a funny conversation we have with Charles and Allie where... Like I'll, at the end of the night, I'll go to import the footage from the day because I used to, I, I like to have it all imported in the timeline so that when I wake up, I can start to edit. And so I'll be importing the clips. I'll be like, honey, you only got one clip today? You know, like there'll be those fights. And she'll be like, I'm sorry, I was busy. And it's like those, I'm like, honey, this is our job. It's so easy. All you have to do is turn on the camera for six minutes, like four clips, four one-minute clips. You know, like we've gotten in these pretty heated conversations. She's like, well, I couldn't because I had to do this. I'm like, babe, just turn on the camera. She's like, well, I didn't feel like vlogging. I'm like, honey, this is a dream. Like, you realize how many people wish they had this job? So we've gotten fights like that, you know. <laughs> and are you thinking at that moment, I should be filming this argument? <laughs> right. But people would love that. People would love to see that. But no, like, you don't, you don't want to turn on the camera when you're fighting. Charles and Allie actually tell me that when, when they're yelling, one of them will turn the camera on just so they stop. So it's like, you know, you're not going <laughs> to yell at the camera when the camera's on, you know. Uh, but it's... But it's, it's that... But there's that... You've, you've drawn the line because there is a principle of the same reason you didn't put the water cooler on the first time, right. but you made it dramatic. It's more appealing. There is a more entertaining well, way and it's what to sep- fight. It's, well, and it's also what separates uh, what you do from, say, a reality right, show. That because you're the producer and the, the drama. Yeah. So here's <laughs> how I think about that. Because I think people would love to see me and Mommy Tard fight just because people love drama. I mean, our humans, human species, that's why reality TV does so well. I just feel like there's so much of that already that they don't need it from us. Like, I feel like I want the Shaytards to be a place where they can come and always count on having uplifting, positivity, optimism, happy, cheerful people 
to, you know, because I feel like there's so many kids today that just have a, cr- I mean, I read the comments and I just feel like crying. Like my dad just came home drunk again. I wish I, I wish, you know, Shay and Colette were my parents. And it's like, they just live in these lives that are, their parents are fighting all the time. They go to school and they get bullied. You know, they have all these horrible experiences and they can come home and get on the computer and have 15 minutes of just pure happiness, silly time where I'm wrestling the kids, throwing them around. And, you know, when I could leave those arguments in there, but I just feel like they've dealt with that all day long. You know, I want to, I want to be a place where they can always count on coming to have a, you know, to go away being like, oh, I feel better now. Like, well, you, it's, you know? it's interesting that your reason is for what it does for your audience, but there's also the reason I would imagine that you want some privacy. Right. And yeah. when you're fighting, right, you'd rather just get it over with than exploit it for entertainment value. Exactly. Like, hold on, honey. I'm going to, yeah, let me turn on the camera. And you should have, you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And at the same time, um, Okay, so I have this like saying that's not my saying, but I've kind of adopted it. The happiness is a choice. And that's a very literal thing that I learned because I had to turn the camera on and be that happy guy. Mm. Because there's days where, you know, I mean, it's so ridiculous to even say, but everybody wakes up in a pissy mood. Mm -hmm. Everybody wakes up like, oh. I don't want to do it. I don't want to vlog. I don't want to turn the camera on and be like, hey, guys, okay, what are we doing? You know, and I just like... I'm going to quit. I don't want to do this anymore. But it's like, okay. So I turn the camera on and I smile and I sit up straight and I breathe deep. And it's like, hey guys, I'm blah, blah, blah. And I do the clip and it's like a two minute clip and I turn the camera off and I'm like, I actually feel better. Like I physiologically feel my my body feels better. Just because I sat up, I took some deep breaths, I smiled, it changes how I feel. And I'm like, that's like a choice. And people are like, happiness isn't a choice, Shay. I'm like, it is. I didn't, I felt like crap before I turned the camera on. And after I did that vlog and tried to be funny and tried to, you know, joke around with my kids, I really felt better. Okay, Shay, you're making it too happy. What I'm trying <laughs> to get at here is what is the dark side? You of- just want the dirty stuff. So one time my girlfriend's dad ripped my shirt. <laughs> uh, you know, like, it's, it's funny, but like, we... we've come so far. Like, I think there's been like fights in the past and stuff with me and my wife, but we've come so far and experienced so much that like, there is no downside of it. Like I, I'm constantly not just conflict or fighting, but I mean the, how does it affect my kids? Yeah. Yeah, Like I constantly take their temperature on that. I'm always like, you know, I'll I'll pull Gavin aside or when we're driving, I'm like, what do you think about the vlogs? Cause the second that it's like, I feel like I'm forcing them to be funny on camera for YouTube. That's when all the fun stopped. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like, get up here and be cute. You know what I mean? It's like, if they don't want to do it, I don't want to force them into it, but it's totally the opposite. Like I am reining them back because they, they want to be in more videos. They want to start their own channel. And I'm just like, uh, it's just, just, I know the comments out there, you know? And it's like, Terms of service. I just keep saying, you guys can't tell you're 13. It's the rule. I always say this is a dream come true of a dream I never knew I even had. It'll be the most interesting part of this is to see what my kids will turn out to do in their lives. You know, if, if they'll all be entertainers or, but they all say they want to sing and be performers, but I'm much like, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to do this. And do you anticipate that whatever it is that they decide to do will be public knowledge because... It'll, it'll be on the internet. That's what I get worried about because I, it's like I I just see a I foresee a day when one of my kids writes a book about this whole experience is like, 
you know, baby tart is Emmy. I imagine Emmy writing a book saying, my life is baby tart. You know, it's almost like a character online. You know, they are the same person, but it's this like online persona that has been created by me for them. And I kind of joke sometimes, I'm like, well, if you're raised on a farm, you got to go out and milk the cows if you like to or not. You're born in Shay Carl's household. You got to be cute on camera. You know, like I say, I would never force them into doing that. But um, it'll just, I always say like, you guys can do whatever you want and I'll support you. And it'll just be interesting to see what they what they well, decide to do. And it seems like, you know, you've, you've developed a little bit of a margin or freedom to be able to say, you know what, guys, we could stop this. And this isn't necessarily your livelihood at right. this point, you know, with the success that Maker Studios has seen, right? right? So that, how does that work? I mean, it, it's great to not have to worry about money anymore. And I'd hate to talk about money because it's just like, you know, people don't. I don't know. There's like some jealousy. Some people get it. It's like they're they're happy for our success, but some people it, it drives them. You know, it's like the comments come in, like, "Well, no, we're all not lucky like you, Shay, to be able to." You know, it's like, "Well, I've worked my butt off for the last five years, and I believe in you know that I don't believe in a scarcity complex where it's like a lot of people feel like if somebody else succeeds, that that means then there's less success in the universe for them. It's like if you succeed, that means I can't succeed. It's like. There's plenty for everybody, you know, and it does feel good to not have to rely on the daily vlogs for money anymore. You know, we've got to the point where we're totally debt free. All five of our kids' college education is totally set. Like we have utmas, like we just fill out all the paperwork. So like we're in a very comfortable position. And the reason we don't do the daily vlogs for money anymore, it's just because one, like I want to hit that five-year mark. And like I said, I have a lot of responsibility to that audience, to those kids who have those crappy lives, who I see those comments every day of like, if it weren't for you guys, I wouldn't have gotten through my senior year. Or, you know, like just, there's so many stories of kids that I just, it's sad to find out how many bad parents there are out there of, mm. of parents that just don't support their kids and just fight nonstop and but from so, a livelihood standpoint, so you're doing it for them and for the five-year milestone, but from a livelihood standpoint, your position at Maker, what, what's your title? I mean, as a founder, I, I'm writer. a co-founder, but it's like, I don't run day-to-day -day at Maker. Like, I go into Maker Studios like once a month. I actually try to stay away because it's just like, every time I go in there, it's crazy. So I... I just make my content and we have a sales team who they'll, they'll call me with brand deals or like, Hey, here's a deal. So-and-so we just did one with urban shredder, uh, hot wheels. So, you know, I have, but a, this is a deal for your channels. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For my channel. But then also as a founder, I mean, you're able to say, there's, I'm, there's times I'm where I have to go in and vote like on the board. Like, uh, if, if, you know, <laughs> well, there's, there's current things that are going on right now that like I, I've had to go in to like discuss like changes in you know leadership at Maker Studios and stuff like that. But I don't I don't have any say or I don't want to have any say in like day to day operations at Maker. I just want to focus on creating my content, and they're a great resource. Uh, all my merchandise is done through Rodi Arcade. I have like contact people for all the things I want to do. We have a cartoon. I, there's an animation department where it's like I call them up. I'm like, hey, let's do this cartoon. I want to be a Viking. And so then they have writers and animators and they put it all together and I show up and do the voiceover and then they create the videos and upload them. And then and you say they, but it, I mean, it's the beauty of it is, is being a founder is that it's we, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's my company, you know, like I, I'm like, I want to do this, but if, if those things do well, then it's like, you know, like, like for instance, negotiating the contract for the split between 
my channels and maker studios is kind of this catch 22 because uh, I'm negotiating for my channel, but maker wants to get a bigger cut, but that's kind of like me because I, I'm a owner of of maker. Yeah. So it's like, I get a cut of the cut that maker's taking. So there's weird things like that, but it makers exploded, you know, like there's 400, almost 400 employees there now. And those are 400 jobs that didn't exist four years ago. Mm-hmm. weren't even in the marketplace four years ago. And so that's cool. Like I, my grandma was just in town because we had this new baby and my mom was in town. And I took her on Maker Studios and she was just like, wow. you know. And I'm even that way. When I walk through there, I'm like, I don't know half of these people. And how did that happen? I mean, the start of it, it was kind of forged through friendship with you. Yeah, Danny and, and Lisa, Lisa and, and Ben. It was out of necessity. Like uh, we, I, I flew out to LA to help them with a brand deal. They had a brand deal with Fox, I think, to promote uh, Crank Two, that movie with Jason Statham, where he had to keep yeah. his heartbeat above a certain rate. And Danny called me and he said, "Hey, I got this brand deal. We need to get like five different YouTubers to make videos for this deal. We can pay you two thousand dollars and fly you out to LA, and we'll shoot, help you shoot and edit this video." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, that would be great." Coming from Idaho, so I flew out to LA. They so are gave you me- saying if 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 Rhett and I would have said yes to that brand deal yeah, with you then you we should would have, be should have hindsight's 2020 <laughs> you guys could be rich too <laughs> you are rich that's guys, how uh, things happen right i mean oh, yeah, but that it, is how it happened you came into town and what you you so brought I, in a few people i came into town we made that video and i was like this is so awesome and making, you brought in a few people oh yeah I, like they're like hey we're gonna start this company and so i phil was like on a road trip i'm like dude you should move to la because he was living in georgia atlanta at the time and he was on this big road trip he was doing like meet and greets all over the country he stopped in LA we had moved to LA already so we hung out I'm like dude we're starting this company you should join it they got Shane Dawson Kasim G you know all these people it's like let's join let's start this company we'll promote each other which was called The Station yeah that was the name of the the channel was The Station but Maker Studios always existed as a company Mm -hmm. but the the, you know the the channel that we're all going to be part of was The Station and so um, yeah like I remember when we started The Station and started uploading those first videos it was like exploded. Like we all gained a hundred thousand subscribers over like a week's time. Cause it was like, everybody was pushing in and then every, and then it pushed out, you know? So right. it's like everybody pushed their audience into the station. And then in, in reverse, like all that audience pushed out and subscribed to all the members of the station. And that's, I mean, that's kind of like a. So, but it was basically <clears throat> let's Danny had the Fox deal and he was like, let's form a business around that, well, let's form a partnership where we can keep doing this together right. because we're powerful because of, with our views exactly. brought together. So yeah, that was like the first, you know, I came down, we made that video and it was like, wow, all these YouTubers working together. Because before that, you there was collabs on YouTube, but it was like people would email clips to each other, right? This is, yeah. as far as my knowledge, the first time where a bunch of YouTubers came together and were like in each other's videos. Like, Danny shot that video for me and then Lisa edited it. And I had no editing knowledge. Like I was on movie, I movie maker, you know, like windows movie maker. And I was Uh horrible at editing and they had final cut pro and they had like a boom pole. And I was like, they're so Hollywood. (laughs) They have this microphone on a stick, you know? And I was like, holy crap. Before that, like my wife is holding this digital camera and and we had no idea what we're doing. So that upped the quality of my content because these were people that had been making videos for longer than me. And so as we're there making these videos for Fox, he's like, I'm thinking about a business where we all make these videos together and we'll help each other. And like, we'll come up with ideas for each other and we'll act in each other's videos and we'll help each other edit and shoot 
shoot. And it's just like this little community of YouTubers creating content and we'll just like kind of help each other out. And I was like, that sounds great. That sounds like a lot, like that's going to help me. And so that was, you know, the idea after this video that we shot and I moved home, I went back to Idaho after like being in LA for three days. And I told Colette, I'm like, let's move to Los Angeles. And she's like, no, <laughs> you know, no way are we moving to LA. Cause this, I had, we had been doing the daily vlogs for two months and started to get the checks for the daily vlogs. And that was when it was like, this is my full-time job now that like two months after doing the daily vlogs, my checks jumped like huge. And it was like, all of a sudden I was making more doing YouTube than I was doing my granite countertop business. And so it went from this, this YouTube thing is helping us pay our, our bills to this is the biggest, this is our, this mm -hmm. is, I'm making more money doing YouTube than granite. So I'm like, I'm done doing granite. And I just dove into YouTube with everything. It was mm -hmm. like every, I ate, slept and breathed YouTube, you know, any, any YouTube gathering that was happening, I'd go to, I read, I've read probably a hundred thousand comments, you know, just like Naltz wrote a book. Alan Distro wrote a book. You remember Alan Lestufka? Oh, yeah. He's a YouTuber. They I talked to him today. Did you? You did not. Yeah, he does yeah. our merch. Does he? Oh, yeah. For DFTBA? Yeah. He wrote a book. I read that book from cover to cover. Like, you know, I've, I've read like three YouTube books, you know, just because I wanted to know every in and out. You know, it was just... It, it was a dream come true of a dream I never knew I even had. And I was getting the paid. The Alliance is from the beginning of the station, <clears throat> AKA Maker as a company, who would have known that it would have turned into this? Oh, yeah. You know, you, at the time. Never. I, in a million years, I'd never dreamed that we would have 400 people working at Maker Studios. But it goes from let's help each other get views and then let's work on brand deals and sell against that to, oh, let's we can sell against uh, this entire audience for even more brand deals yeah. and the money just starts coming in. Yeah, I... Uh... It's 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 just the nature of the internet. You know, the internet has exploded that much in the last four years that it was just great that we started an internet company. You know, but I'm I'm interested in the dynamic of um having to become a businessman. You say you're you're not involved in the day to day of maker yet. You kind of have to come out of the woodwork and be the spokesman when things hit the fan right. at times. You know, I mean, Danny's not involved anymore there's I, right. I i mean i don't follow the ins and outs of these things but you know with the whole ray william johnson kind of yeah, thing that was, I was tough. like what what is happening that yeah. you find yourself in a position where you are the spokesperson face. for maker studios right which is never a position that i like asked for but it i think it was just the nature of that i made videos of my life every day mm -hmm. and a major part of those videos was this little family that lived in idaho moving out to Los Angeles, California to start a business. And so it was very public. You know, it was like something I'd talk to the audience with. I'm like, hey guys, you know, this is when we lived in Idaho. I'm like, we're going to move to California and start a business with some of our YouTube friends. So we were very transparent about that whole process. So it's like, oh yeah, Shay Carl, he's going out. So anytime somebody wanted to check in on the station or check in on Maker Studios, 
I'm making a video every day of being a part of that process. So I think just by default, I somehow become the face of Maker Studios. So the day that I hear that Ray William Johnson is tweeting all these things and leaving Maker Studios because of his contract, I was never even there when he signed his contract. I had no idea what his deal was or what the negotiations were. But the second that he comes out and starts tweeting that he's leaving Maker Studios, all these tweets come pouring in. Shay, what's going on with Ray William Johnson? I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I've met the guy like twice in my whole life. And everybody's like thinking that I should like speak up and say something. And I'm just like, I have no idea what his deal is, what, what the contract is or any of that. So it's like, you know, I'm getting all these tweets and it's to the point where I'm like, well, I don't have to say anything about it. But then it's like so many tweets. It's like, if I don't say something about it, then it seems like I'm hiding something. You know, because it's like, yeah. well, you're Shay Carl. Like you went and started this company. It's all in the video. So I'm like, guess I got to make a video. You know, at that point I just, I, you know, I just try to stand up for my friend and the company that I started. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have any hard feelings for Ray. You know, they had a disagreement and Danny Diamond is not the easiest person to get along with. I think that's no, that's no secret, but that's one thing I love about Danny. Danny Diamond is one of those people that's like, if you're his friend, he's like the best friend that you'll ever have. Like you want him on your side, but if he's not your friend, you hate him. You know, it's like, oh, that Danny Diamond guy. But if you're friends, it's like, he's the strongest friend you'll ever have, you know, and he'll back you up any day of the week. But if you're not friends with him, then you hate him, you know? It's and like Ray, those, I mean, you said you met Ray I, twice. I, yeah, I literally have met Ray William Johnson, maybe. I met him once at uh, in New York at the 789 gathering where he just came up and we had like, he knew a guy that I was friends with. And so we talked about that. It's literally like shook hands and met. Uh, the only night that I've actually like hung out and talked with Ray is one night me and Kasim and Ray went to the Viper Room and saw Wax perform, which is like a, this, this guy that's a rapper. And then afterwards we went to Ray's hotel room and like hung out for like an hour and just talked. But other than that, yeah, like I've met Ray, like I said, three times, you know. But I, I, I think Ray's smart, man. He's smart and he's, you know, he knows what he's doing. I, I mean, my questions aren't really getting you to dish on anybody. Anyway, it's more of being interested. You want in how, the dirt, don't how, you, Link? No, it's how you find yourself in a place where, like you said, you have to you <clears throat> have to speak up about these things. As well, it's like I remember I was in junior high. I was friends with Shauncey Bronson and Jody Eames, and Jody hated Shauncey, and Shauncey hated Jody. These are two sounds like girls' names, but these are like real friends of mine. And both it, guys. Yeah, both okay. dudes. Yeah. So if I hung out with Jody, Shauncey was pissed. Like, why are you hanging out with him? I'm like, oh, because I like we get along and we play sports. But Shauncey was like my skater friend who had long hair. And Jody hated Shauncey because like he's such a punk. He's like a punk hairstyle. And but I liked skateboarding and skiing. So I liked hanging out with both of these guys, but it was like I was always in the middle of like, well, if I hang out with Shauncey, I can't tell Jody. And so a lot of times with like YouTube drama, I feel like that's the position I'm in. Cause I feel like I'm friends with everybody and I have no problems with people because a lot of, you know, this whole process, a lot of people were young, you know, and they're like kind of figuring out who they were. I was a 27 year old man with three kids, you know, it's yeah. like I already knew who I was. So when all this like quote unquote drama happened, I was just like, ugh, you know, it's like, I'm just kind of stuck in the middle of it. You know, and it's like, I have to kind of like play, like, you know, play nice everybody. And, mm -hmm. you know, then sometimes I just get sucked into it because, you know, just by association, you know. Were you, but, were you, did you find yourself in the same position when the, when the whole Danny thing went down? Oh, that's a different, I mean, that's an ongoing thing right now. So I don't know how much I want to talk about that, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I still. Now, here, so yeah. that means I'm putting you in the position. <laughs> yeah, right now. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, I probably shouldn't talk much about that. I mean, we're still friends and friendly, but there's just, it's a tale as old as time, man. It's a, a big company. And, you know, it's like money and success and it splits people up. I'm still friends with all these people, but it's, it's, it's cost a couple friendships and relationships just because of the nature mm-hmm. of pride and greed and, you know, all those things. So, and, and it's not, it's just like any fight ever. Nobody's right. My dad used to always say it takes two people to fight. You know, there's always two sides of the story. And, you know, usually each side is a little bit right. And it's just, you know, people just disagree. My buddy Dave Ramsey says, and like maybe you guys might not agree with this because you guys are a partnership. But he has a saying that says, the only ship that sinks is a partnership. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys ever find yourselves getting in a fight? Does Red and Link ever fight? About business, we've, we've kind of, we're kind of beyond partnership at this point. Yeah, I tell you guys telling stories about third grade, like you guys are, or first grade if you want to go <laughs> all, the way, all back. the way back. Then I was listening to yeah, like somebody punched you in it's third grade. It's a form grade of marriage, and you stuck up. Yeah, yeah. It was, well, it was, it was vice versa. If I have to split hairs, he oh, did. Yeah. He did stand up for me, John okay. Carson. Yeah, yeah, right, John Carson. We're coming after you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> John Carson. Yeah, so Anyways. maybe it's more of like you wouldn't take the partner business partnership, but. You and Colette, there's a partnership there that's a marriage partnership. For sure. Red and I are not married, but it's somewhere in between (laughs) the two. And here's the crazy thing about Danny and Maker Studios is I would have ran the business a lot different than Danny did. I would have grown Maker Studios a lot slower. I would have tried to like lay out a good foundation. If if it wasn't for Danny, Maker Studios wouldn't be where it is today. Maker Studios is huge in this market now because of the way that Danny built it. And it was just like explode, like, you know, it's a gold rush. And he was right. You know, in this industry at this time, it's like, it, it's happening so fast. I would have done it a lot slower, but he was just mm-hmm. like, we need to get more people. We need to sign more channels. Just like more advertising. He had all these big plans. I'm like, whoa, dude, let's just slow down and like, let's just work on some good YouTube videos. But he like, he had this mind, like we got to get marketing and we have to have this department. And he would, we'd always tease him because he would just go off on these tangents, these rants. And he would be like pulling his hair. He's like a mad scientist of the mm-hmm. internet, you know? He's like, we're going to do this and this. And I'm like, whoa, what do you, what do you mean a sales team? We have like 10 salespeople win. Like why? And now we have that. So he was know? ambitious. He was a visionary. Yeah, he, he knew. He, he made knew it where it, it was going. Like he saw, he saw where it was going and you know, you got to hand it to him. Like Maker Studios is a huge player in our industry. Mm-hmm. So who's and it's in because charge of today? Today, the CEO is Anon, who is a former CEO of Endemol, which is a production company out of Europe. And uh, he's, running the, he's running things now. And, and he, he's a great guy. I, I really appreciate him, and he's done a lot of good things for Maker as well. It's like Danny is like the, you know, the mad scientist who had the idea and got it all going, and then all of a sudden we have 300 employees, and it's a major company, and he's never been a CEO before. So it's like he doesn't know how to like run these meetings and how to like get HR together, and like we're learning all this stuff. Like there's insurance and 401ks and like all that kind of stuff. It's like we're just kids who are making YouTube videos, you know? So it's like all this money, like Time Warner put all this money in and it's like, we don't know how to do all this. Like it, it, it's like the thing that outgrew us, you know? So, it, mm-hmm. you know, when Danny left, when he stepped down as CEO, that was actually a good night. I remember we had a big meeting, went over to his house and it was like, we did it. Like we got it to a point where this major, we're bringing in this major guy who's a CEO of this giant company who's now going to run this company that we just started off of a whim four years ago. And it was like, good job, we did it. And then, you know, other things have happened since then. But um, 
yeah, it's it's a it's a success story if you ask me. Like, who are the other founders that are still in that we know? I know Lisa, Lisa and- Ben, Kasim, Ron. Hi, I'm Ron. Um, and then Danny still owns shares. I might get in trouble for some of this stuff. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be saying. <laughs> is, <laughs> your, be sued. is your lawyer here? No. <laughs> this is not being recorded. Oh, <laughs> no, we're just no, talking, right? Is, we're yeah, just three right. dudes talking about our <laughs> yeah, life, right? Yeah, right. Did I tell you about this time that I made out with my girlfriend and her mom? This is in? just po- for We've posterity. been talking for four hours <laughs> yeah, now. We, yeah, we, we know Is this a deposition? Well, we, can r- we can wrap up, but I mean- We're all I, family, man. We all have women I, and children to get back home to. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I will say, you know, to be- Staggering success in four years and watching it happen right. from, from the sidelines makes you bitter. No, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 is, it is amazing to see what has happened at Maker. And, you know, I think it's fabulous. It's cool. I think it's, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. I think it's good for anybody in the business. You know, it's, you know, the more that we get, you know, as far as like, I hate saying, you know, what people are always like, when people start taking YouTubers seriously or uh, what's the word? Uh, come on, you guys. Where's your vocabulary here? Uh, Legitimacy? Yeah, yes. Thank you. Oh, Link, I love you. It's like when you need to sneeze, when you can't think of a word, it's like driving you crazy and you say that word that you're trying to think of. It's like uh, a good sneeze. Uh, 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 legitimacy. legitimacy. Thank you. Achoo. Uh Yeah, like I feel like, you know, the more stories of Time Warner investing $20 million into this industry, it legitimizes all of us and it shows, you know, mainstream Hollywood that, you know, this is the new form of entertainment and you guys are great at creating that and you guys are, you know, pioneers of that who have done TV. You guys have your own TV show or had your own TV show and are still making great content. This is the the future because that's that's a question I always get asked is like, okay, now that you're, you know, you have this YouTube success, when are you going to get your own TV show? It's like, well, I don't want a TV show. I want to be a pioneer of this brand new, exciting thing that is converging on entertainment right now and be able to talk about this 10 years from now and be like, remember when, you know? Well, you're certainly that. I, You know, so back to this whole, when you hit the five-year mark, you said that you could, if I told you, you know what, Shay, I can see the future, and at that five-year mark, that's going to be it. You're going you're gonna to turn off the vlog faucet. There's not going to be any more videos from you or your family. You could believe me. Um, I would be okay with that scenario. Like, I wouldn't be sad about it. Um, but I just don't see that realistically happening. I feel like... Um, our family will be on the internet in some capacity for a long time. I think if I'm realistic with myself, I, I think I'll always be on YouTube. I think I'll always be, one, I mean, as long as it's there and as long as the audience is there, I think I'll always want to create things and just have that outlet, you know? I just, I need a little break. I think having coming at the tail end of five years of uploading a video every day, I think after I get like a month of just like fresh air and kind of like back away from it, I think I'll come back refreshed and more excited about it than ever, you know? Well, all that being said, thank you for spending two hours with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this has been good. This is fun. I'll listen. I'll listen. I hope I don't listen to this later and be like, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you guys are just so disarming. <laughs> so handsome. And well, I just the, want to talk to you guys. It's a two-on-one thing. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's it's the key. And why'd you guys make me sit on the floor? <laughs> <laughs> All right, grab that Sharpie. Why don't you sign the table? <laughs> oh, cool. The round it? table of dim lighting. Harley took up a giant 
part here. Look at all these people. You got Tyler Oakley, Hannah Hart, Grace. Where's Phil's signature? Mm, love your faces wherever right there. there i'm gonna can i write thanks for the shout out <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah do that i'm gonna complete the circle and there it is the conclusion of our epic conversation two-parter with shay carl yeah you know i found it very interesting more than interesting sure that he was He's at this point where he could stop this. Like, you know, he actually, there's a part of him that wants to stop. There's an impulse to want to get out. I mean, he said if he could cash in on his his portion of Maker Studios, that if if that could happen, that he, he might just walk away from the whole the whole endeavor of being on the internet. But then, you know, he, he backtracks on that. He starts to think about the impact it would have on... Uh, his audience and the impact that it would have on him as a creative person. So I, I mean, he's he's certainly still processing that. I don't think the headline will be Shay is quitting, but it could be Shay's kind. Shay thinks about it sometimes or a lot of times. Well, I would assume that those of you who have tuned in to uh, this two part series with Shay Carl right here on Ear Biscuits, who are Shay Tart's fans. This might be, you might be shaking in your boots a little bit if you think, oh, the five-year mark comes and these won't be daily or whatever. I'm sure you're going to want to let your voice be heard. You know, there's ways to do that. <laughs> uh, we're not we're, we're not encouraging you to go bombard the Shaytards with comments of saying, please don't quit, because I think this was, this was Shay just being honest. I, you know, right. I appreciate his honesty about everything from his, his belief system to the decisions that he made um, to start the family vlog, why he continues it, his candidness about uh, Maker Studios. I mean, you know, this guy has lived quite a life and there's there's a lot there and he was very, he, was, he wasn't guarded about any of it. I really appreciate that. And I'm empathetic to, you know, the impulse to want to quit. When you do something every day for, f- for five years, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, give the guy a break. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we have seasons on Good Mythical Morning is because... You know, it's we like variety, and we like to, and we do a lot of different things on the show, and we and we know people want it to come back, but we stop it because we want to like it. Because when we like it, you like it. You know, I mean, when it, we're having a good time, you have a good time. If you do anything long enough, it it gets old. I mean, I think about late night television hosts like Kimmel Fallon, all those guys. You yeah. know, that daily grind of I got to do this again, even though it's like a dream job. It's difficult. My grandma, Nanny, Lucille. Is a late night show host? Is a late night show host in Canada. <laughs> no, she folded shirts at a shirt factory in Lillington, North Carolina for her entire working life. Mm. Wow. Just that job. And it's she can, amazing. She can fold a mean shirt. What? And I mean, you ever have her come over and just fold shirts for you? No. Do, do you know how those um, dress shirts you get will have like pins everywhere? And then there will be something that says inspected by number 279. She was a number. She was one of those numbers. And she, was, uh, she would also put the pins in the shirt and things like that. The factory is since closed, but her and her younger sister, Aunt Vicky, who she lives with, they both work their, their entire working lives. And she was always so happy. Yeah, it's just this mentality of, well, this is my job. 
I'm and a shirt is, folder. This is what I do, and I come home and I I fry the chicken and I I live my life. I think it's generational. I mean, yeah, we we live in a time where everybody thinks that they have to do something that they love. And you know what? And we encourage that. I mean, we get to do something that we love and we tell people to go do something you love. But I think the 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 stark reality is that for most of the world, it, you have to do something that you can do that will pay the bills. Yeah, and for you don't, my- It's a privilege to do anything that you even enjoy, even just a little bit is, is a privilege, you know? It's not, it's not a right. It's definitely not a right. Yeah, so I, I'll say I'm empathetic to- you know, to Shay and him having to, him doing this and, and being true to the commitment. But I don't um, think what you're saying is that family vlogging and shirt folding are the same. Over time, it can feel the same, I think is what I'm, what I'm saying. And what, what I'm saying is that he still gets to do, as he acknowledged, he gets to do sure. something that's absolutely incredible that it's a job. He isn't folding shirts, but you still might get tired of it. Even if you love it, you might get tired of it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that, that brings me to say we're thankful to have the opportunity to be able to do this show, to be able to reach your ears in this way. Um, we count it a privilege to be able to have these conversations with Shay Carl and all of these other fascinating personalities from the internet, to be able to understand what makes them tick where they come from. That's what Ear Biscuits is. And this is probably a good time to announce our new project, an all-new podcast that we're coming out with called Folding shirts with Rhett and Link. Just going to be a lot of shuffling noises in some mild conversation. And the occasional, oh, I just pricked myself with a pen. Yeah. And so, Nanny, so look for Nanny that. will be part of it. Yeah. She'll be here. We're going to bring Nanny. She recently recovered from a choking incident. <laughs> Wait, you're going to bring that into this. <laughs> and she, she's okay now. And uh, she's going to be folding some shirts with us. It'll be awesome. Look for that. Look for that on the horizon. In the meantime, keep enjoying the ear biscuits. They're going to keep coming down the factory line. Every week. 